Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so, allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, stagnancy, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arcadi into your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed and you may be seated. The Book of Ephesians 4.22-24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness, the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And we agreed that the right to the power is the right to the anointing that the Lord gives us as His children and without which we will not be able to put off our former way of life or clothe ourselves into a new way of life. We will be clothed or our future, our body, a spiritual glorified body, will be that inner essence that we have today. How amazing people will be in eternity and how uh, ugly they will be, those that were carnal, that, those who, that are blemished, those who have chosen this. And so we, again, will reflect what is inside, the inner essence, what is within our heart. And so it's very important to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our body into a new way of life, into the new person created in accordance to God, into righteousness and holiness. To fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice, these are put off, be renewed, and put on. And fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. Or more specifically, will our salvation happen? What salvation that is given to us in the format of a seed? What seed? that identifies the deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation, where we need to turn the three above-mentioned acts, put off, 
be renewed and put on into profit within the death of our Lord Jesus so that our salvation can become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, and so this is, we need to die for our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires so we can receive this seed again as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. And if we don't do this, then we will lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. All of this very beautifully states that we need to achieve our salvation. We need to work on our salvation. Salvation is not given automatically. Yes, Jesus, he saw that everything was fulfilled. Everything has been done from his side. He said, it's finished. And he and then he took his last breath. We see in the book of Revelations, the 21st chapter, same thing, the same Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, repeats the words, it is finished. And when he said this, in heaven the great Jerusalem was shown, coming uh, from God. On Golgotha he had accomplished his part, and in the book of Revelations, in the last chapter, 21st chapter, he showed that what he had accomplished on the cross, the very same thing he has accomplished with Jerusalem, which was presented before him as a bride adorned for her groom. It turns out that Golgotha was Christ's role, and in Jerusalem, it's presenting the overcomer, where it says, they will inherit with me everything and sit with me on the throne. And so that he can say, it is finished, not just on Golgotha, but in our life, that it is, it is finished as it is in Jerusalem, as the bride of the Lamb, it is necessary for us to put off, be renewed, and put on. So that in our life we could hear the words of Christ, the first and last, the Alpha and the Omega, that I have finished something in your life, I've completed, a victory has happened. Relevant to this, we stopped to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where, uh, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the, her- in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the legitimate basis he needs to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. And so we can't use the abilities of his name if we can't call upon him. And we can't call upon him if we don't love him in his words and commandments because his characteristics, his character is in the word of God. And if we won't love the word, how can we then love God? And if we don't love God, how can we then call upon him? And if we can't call upon him, then how can God activate the power of his names in our life? This is how David did this. Psalm 18, 1 through 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together with David proclaim these eight wonderful names. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. 
Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words and may he establish them in our heart and make he make us grounded and immovable in hope and worthy of these names in a specific format as much as the Lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already looked at our inherited lot in the qualities and promises contained in the strength of God Most High Lord you are my strength therefore we will immediately begin to study our lot studying the qualities contained in the name of God Most High rock Lord you are my rock rock which in, in, in its inner essence and in its nature has an unearthly quality of hardness which is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is beyond the comprehension of the typical human mind of a man. In Scripture, the identification of the word rock in regard to the natural quality of God Most High is illustrated with the following tense. Rock is resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested, rooted, well-established, immovable, continuous, non-diminishing, constant, fearless, non-penetrating, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a person who is a rock. And here's how the quality of the word rock, when it comes to the name of God Most High, identifies itself in Scripture as stone, cliff, heaviness, weights, weight, and scales. And we know that all of these characteristics that were offered to us, they reveal the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as well as the power of the mighty written Word of God, the elementary teaching of Christ, and is also the characteristic of the Church. That is, if it is a true Church, the Bride of the Lamb, because the Bride of the Lamb, she is very much uh, similar to her groom, they are uh, twins or identical to one another. But for this, it is necessary to have all of these characteristics. Therefore, the power of the name of God rock contains the ability of the Most High to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of His justice all that is created by Him to punish or reward each one according to their weight. Therefore, for the Lord to be able to weigh us, we need to weigh ourselves and look at how much we collaborate with God. And as we've talked about, it's not possible to utilize the verbs of God, the work of God in our life, until we apply the, the applicable uh, names that are given to us. Everything begins with the applicable name. Who is my rock? my heaviness, my weights, my scale, or scale plates, who is this? Is it my own personal opinions, my own doctrines, religious, the religious elite, or is it the word of God, the elementary teaching of Christ? <clears throat> what, what is this stone? What is this cliff of mine? What, is the, what are these weights? And so this is what or wh who or what, pretty much, is what you need to identify first. Uh, the literal of what it is and so identifying who or what it is for me and so what is it? it is a rock or a stone uh, 
And so you may say stone, or in a case, sometimes there's like the example of or, or symbolically a line. Line can be in a positive or negative. It could be Christ in one place and another. It symbolizes the devil. And so now, looking at what it is, now you need to look at the essence of it. When you say love, what kind of love? A holy love. And so when you know what it is and then what it is, uh, the essence of it is, now what does it do? What does love do? Holy love. What does it do? It allows me to be filled with all of the fullness of God. What does the Lord's stronghold do? It conceals me from my enemies. You can't use God's verbs until you understand its characteristics and it's important to know them and see them in the, in, in the scriptures or understand them through the scriptures. Therefore, the power of the name of God, Rock, contains the ability of the Most High is to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of justice all that is created by Him to punish and reward each one and to possess the power of the Most High contained in the rock of His name is to possess the authority and right to judge both yourself as well as those people who are under your responsibility to judge within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of our Lord or to weigh your words and your actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High as well as the words and the actions of people that are under our responsibility. For example, the scriptures say you are not to have a double weight or different two forms of weight and you, and you can't have different two, two t- types of ephah so it, because it is an, an abomination before the Lord they need to be the same, they need to be even or equal for example in church he behaves well but as soon as you gather with this person somewhere else or appear somewhere else he begins to behave uh, in, in ways that others are very surprised, uh, shouting and, and yelling and uh, and doing things that are uh, unfitting. And so I'm not just speaking of youth, I'm talking about uh, adults as well or people that are older as well. When we, when we behave, uh, how we behave in one place needs to be the same as we behave in another. Um, you can't have two different types of standards to be wholly humble here and somewhere, somewhere else uh, coming out of the church you act like something very, very different. Um, isn't it better that someone see you and be surprised how well behaved and how humble you are as a human being uh, in any place that you are So again, there needs to be not two types of weights, uh, or two two measurements of weights, two two types. And to master and clothe yourself into the unearthly quality of a rock contained in the name of God Most High, which quenches and hunger our hunger and our thirst, and brings us to power over our calling. It is necessary for us to study four classical questions. What, in its essence, is His name Rock, consisting in the qualities of His name? or the name of God Most High. Second, what purpose is our prayer in the quality of His name, Rock, called to fulfill, obtained by us in the power of His name? Third, what price do we need to pay to be clothed into the quality of the name of God, Rock, contained in the Rock of the name of God Most High? And fourth, by what results 
do we need to judge ourselves that we truly possess the virtue of his name, rock, consisting in the power of his name, or the name of God Most High? In a specific format, we already studied the first two questions, therefore we will immediately begin studying the third question, and the third question is what price do we need to pay to possess the right to clothe our spirit into the virtue of the rock of the Lord? so that God can receive the legitimate grounds that He needs to keep us in His perfect peace. As it is written, Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because He trusts in you. We need to be uh, strong in spirit. And if the Lord, as our rock, by His Word and the Holy Spirit will be in us and abide in us and if He's abiding in us because of the might of His Word and the Holy Spirit who reveals the might of this Word then He does this through His Church which we have an organic membership too. Let us look at the price to possess this uh, this strength in spirit symbolically as rock. So the first price that we studied the price of the first condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in our spirit consists in planting yourself in, into the house of the Lord. Psalm 92, 13-15 Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Here we see that we need to plant ourselves into the house of the Lord. And to plant ourselves in the house of the Lord, it is necessary to understand what the house of the Lord is, the place where the Lord desires to dwell. The Lord says, I want to live in the heights of the heavens. I want to live in the sanctuary in the church. I want to live only in that Christian who has a humble and contrite spirit. Only in such a Christian do I live. This is the address where the Lord lives. He doesn't live in all Christians. He does not live in all churches. And He only lives in heaven, but not under the heavens. There, where He has the foundation, uh, righteousness and truth as His foundation. And so to plant ourselves into the house of God, we need to first need to have the proper connection to heaven. What kind of connection? We need to thank God for the justification we received freely Uh, through Jesus Christ, to thank Him for the justification given freely. I have this connection to heaven because of what Jesus has done for me. I am holy, not because of my deeds, but because of the fact of my birth. I was born from a holy God in the Son, Jesus Christ, because of His resurrection, calling Him our Father. And when we pray, we say, Our Father who is in heaven, who can do this? Only a person who has correctly received justification freely. And today there are few people like this in the world. If you go to churches, as we recently heard, Sister, are you righteous? Are you holy or brother? No. How arrogant you have to be to, to call yourself this way. How? A holy God bore us. Oh, it's interesting. Tell me more. So what do they not teach you? That the Lord bears only what is holy. Uh, these people look at their 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 sick bodies, their uh, their actions, and looking at that, say they can't call themselves righteous. 
people are not taught the very elementary truth. Of course, they respond this way, not because they don't want to be righteous, but because they have not been taught and be, that they have a spirit that is holy and righteous that was born from God, but their flesh, their <clears throat> their soul and body are still uh, in the in their original state. And so they look at that and don't can't say that they're righteous. And so the spirit, there's one, and then the body and the and the soul and body. Uh, if it remains as it is, we will perish. We have to uh, bring the other two on the other on the on the side of the spirit. You need to work with the spirit to cleanse your conscience from dead works, so that you can receive the elementary teaching of Christ. Why? To save your soul. And when you receive into your cleansed conscience from dead works the teaching of Jesus Christ, now with this truth you begin to renew and save my soul, renewing the sp- my mind with the spirit of my mind, the teaching that is in my heart renews my mind. And when I have renewed my mind, I confess this word with a, a gentle mouth or meek mouth and begin to save my mortal body. In- and in this way, I fully save myself. To be planted in the house of God is to have a connection to heaven, now a connection to a church, a living Christian church. How do you determine whether this is a church of God or a synagogue of Satan? By how they uh, treat the word of God and the order that is existing in the in the church. You need to first check, is there God's order and is the truth spoken there? Not just where they say the church of the gospel, as there's charismatic churches which have called themselves a, a, ch- a church of complete, go- a, a, a full time, full form of gospel or a complete gospel, as they call themselves, and they want to separate themselves from other congregations, as they have the complete gospel, because they've added jumping and dancing and uh, saying hallelujah and amen with accents. It's just ridiculous, and this is not a full form of of, go- of a gospel or a complete form of a gospel. We need to <clears throat> correctly have the right, have the proper order, and our spirit needs to be humble and contrite. And when we have the right connection to heaven with the church, our spirit is in the right state before God. Now I can pl- plant myself in the house of the Lord. And if someone is without these elements and tries to plant himself in the house of the Lord, then he will be uprooted. And as we know, how can a person be uprooted? There are two forms by which the Lord uproots a person. First is that this person is not a plant that the Lord has planted. A tree, these are the Pharisees that came and absolutely were were, uh, offended by Christ and what he was saying. And he was telling the disciples, don't be worried. Uh, This is a plant that my Heavenly Father has not planted. These are blind guides that lead the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, they both fall into a pit or a ditch. Leave them, do not pay attention. There's also another category, a good plant that the Lord does love, that he did plant, that he uh, cares for, that he watches over so that it grows. And and so he does the work and does the work, but the fruit is not being produced. There's no fruit uh, being produced on this tree. And after many, many, many attempts, uh, the Lord says, uh, chop it down or remove it. In this way, the Lord is uprooted from the church. The Lord has called us to be planted in the house of the Lord. This is the first price, the ability to plant yourself in the house of the God so you could be uh, rooted and established so you can say, the Lord is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. 
the second price, uh, the price for the second condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in your spirit is demonstrating mercy towards vessels of mercy. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. And such a person who is gracious, Jesus Christ gave himself in the format of bread so he could save our spirit, soul, and body, asking the Heavenly Father and passing it on to us, this life. And this good man is also our sacred person who whose soul needs to uh, take as a, as a loan because again our spirit receives this in the form of a seed uh, guaranteed the spirit received salvation from God and has loaned it and the soul needs to become a part of this loan and as in the uh, parable that a friend came to his other friend at, at midnight and said give me three breads I hear you have them and he says, well, my door's already closed. I'm on my bed with my kids. I won't. And if he will not give, the scriptures say, if he will not give due to French because of friendship, then the soul will receive from the treasury of the spirit because of persistence. And then the soul will be able to share these breads with the guest uh, that had come in from the street in the parable. And this is our body that needs to receive the resurrection of life, which we receive during time of communion, God leaving, Jesus Christ leaving, he, he took care of our body. He gave us the bread and the wine. How valuable our body is to the Lord. Not that we just be nourished with the first word of God, our spirit and our soul, but the secondary word of God in the format of bread and wine is necessary for the body. And we see, looking at this, we see how important it is for God to establish his life in our body but only with with the presence of his death upon the cross. When we uh, eat the bread and drink his cup, we don't proclaim his resurrection, we proclaim his death until he comes. Why? So he may have the right to life. The price of the third condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in your spirit is to walk in the ways of the Lord. 1 Kings 11.38 Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house, as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. According to the given statement, so that God can build our bodies into an enduring house, it is necessary for us, like David, to first inhabit the stronghold called Zion. The Lord will not be able to establish us or to establish our house the establish the promise for our body if we don't find Zion and and we can only obtain Zion by war do we then have the right to it the stronghold Zion represents our body upon the condition that we have an organic membership to the stronghold Zion in the form of the virtuous wife and the virtue of the uh, uh, the, the the qualities of a virtuous wife as we know are written in Proverbs uh, 31, 10 through 31. Considering that we have been studying all these characteristics of the virtuous wife in the temple of our body, the husband of the virtuous wife is our new person who represents the interests of Christ in the form of our husband within the temple of our body. Our new person who represents Christ. 
when we're talking about uh, the church, it's Christ, and then us individually as our new person. We're talking here about our self, and so our new person is the husband and the virtuous wife, our soul. The virtuous wife herself as our soul, which we have lost in the death of our Lord Jesus when we died through the law, for the law, and then reobtained our soul in the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a new form where she became able not to try to fulfill the role of the new person. Virtue or good work itself are the fruits of our spirit produced by the tree of life within the 12 months of the holy year which we have grown in the Eden of our good heart by our collaboration with the truth of the word concealed within our good heart and with the Holy Spirit revealing the significance of the true word concealed in our heart. <clears throat> and so let us remember the virtues or the qualities that we have already studied, uh, the virtuous wife has, we've already studied in the previous service, and we will then continue further. <clears throat> First, the good of the virtuous wife, this is written in Proverbs, all of these, in the 31st chapter, 10 through 31, the verses. First good of the virtuous wife is her ability to do good for her husband and not evil all the days of her life. Here it's talking about the fact that we need to do good. That means we need to grow the seed of salvation into fruit of righteousness. And this means to do good to grow the seed into the fruit of righteousness. In this way, we do good to for our spirit, for our husband. That means our spirit cannot without our soul produce, grow this fruit of the spirit. People will say, well, this is the fruit of the spirit, but they forget the soul or the body. They just say it's the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit cannot be produced without the soul and body because the body needs to say something, confess something, the faith of the heart. And to confess the faith of the heart, the body does not understand uh, in tongues. And so the soul needs to pass on the word, the truth, which needs to be renewed in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ so that it can pass on the words that are in the spirit. And so you first need to put them in your spirit to produce this fruit or to do good uh, for her, your husband and not evil all days of your life, it, it, there you need to, uh, the spirit, soul, and body are all taking part in this. They all partake in this process. Second, good of the virtuous wife is the ability to derive wool and flax and willingly work with her hands. That is, derive wool is to cast off the old man and derive flax is to know the power of the resurrection of Christ. <clears throat> and to work with your hands is to bring the offering of praise to God in the fruit, fruits of our mouth. <clears throat> Very important components. That uh, And so again, we derive wool. That is, we cast off the old man. That means you need to shear the sheep. It's a pure animal, but it has wool growing from it. That the When we are baptized in water, we do not shear <clears throat> But we are unique offering, we are living offering, and so when we receive in the death of our Lord Jesus, 
the covenant, we have been submerged into his death, we died, but when we rose again, we realize the same thoughts, the same genetic line, the same character is still there. But you say, I'm baptized, I speak in tongues, and I still have all of this in me. You need to begin to do the work of uh, shearing yourself. Apostle Paul says, every day I die. And to derive flax is to thank God for the power of His resurrection in our spirit, in our soul, and place this power of resurrection in our body and and confess that. And bring forth the Lord in offering of praise uh, by the fruits of our mouth. Third, the good of the virtuous wife is her, like the merchant ships, to bring her food from afar. And so you need to move over, pass over from the service of condemnation into the service of justification. And for this, it is necessary to use the reasonable abilities uh, to confess the faith of your heart. In this way, will we be able to be these merchant ships that bring food from afar? Although we talked about this, we are in the service of justification in the time of the New Testament. Today, there are few people that are within this New Testament or New Covenant. To be in that New Covenant or New Testament, it is necessary to pass from the service of condemnation to the service of justification. And to pass on from one to the other, it is necessary to do this via the merchant ships. You need your spirit to use the reasonable abilities of the renewed soul. We need to confess the faith of your heart. And pass us over from the service of condemnation to the service of justification. Being born from God, born again, does not pass you from the one from the one to the other. The only thing that passes is our sacred spirit. That means we're born from God. Uh, our spirit is born from God, and that's all that's been passed from death to life. But the old man immediately puts the new person into a prison like Jeremiah. Why? Because the old man is strong. The person that was prepared for him, here's the law of Moses, he puts the new person into the prison instead, just like the king did Jeremiah, and a person loses boldness before God, doesn't want to pray. Why? Because the new person ended up in a prison. We need to utilize the armor against the old man and place him by the means of this armor into this prison. We proclaim, the Lord lives, I will not be moved, and thank Him for our justification, and be these merchant ships that bring this food, this this service of of justification uh, that brings us from the food of condemnation, or the state of condemnation, or service condemnation to the service of justification. For the good of the virtuous wife is that she also rises while it is yet night, and provides food for her household, and a portion for her maidservants. We need to be vigilant in prayer, is what it's talking about. To provide food is to be vigilant in prayer. Without prayer, we will not be able to be vigilant. We can only be vigilant in prayer. Fifth, the good of the virtuous wife is her ability to consider a field and make the decision to buy it, having, therefore, the rights to ownership. And so this field is our body. And when 
it was discovered that the treasure was in this field when we heard that it turns out that in our field for our body there is a promise and this promise is not just when we leave this body or leave this world that in the afterlife or when we'll be changed in the blink of an eye no while we're on this earth in this field there's a precious promise and we need to find this treasure on in this field how do you find it you you need to first hear about it and when you hear about this promise now you need to do something to uh, then make this field your own your body your own and how can our body be our own Apostle Paul says, "I have the desire to good. To, I have the desire to to do good. But when I desire to do good, I do evil. And I do. Uh, if I'm doing what I not do not will to do, that means someone else lives in me. Who's and so I am an unfortunate person who will deliver me from this, uh, the law of sin and death. What is it saying here that just like that you can't obtain this body there's a great price to pay for your for body so when we hear about this treasure we find this field we uh, we find that uh, we 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 find the treasure that's in this field and so if you remember he hides this treasure and then purchases the whole field he sells everything he has he purchases the field with the promise in it the treasure in it it's important that he hid it it's written that he hid it Sometimes people don't hide it, but immediately start saying, "Lord, thank you for this and this. Thank you that I will become rich. I will, I and and this and and this and this and this." And they say lots of things. When we find something precious, how do you determine? Uh, that a person is now keeping something hidden in secret. And so somebody that, for example, you love is often uh, or interested in, you'll hide that within your heart. It won't become... But there's a difference between liking a dog or, or, or a friend or something, but when you like someone per, in, a, in a personal way, as a man to a woman or a woman to man, it will be a, a hidden thing in your heart. You become humble and quiet and you will be careful of what you say. You don't just say whatever you want at any moment. You, you, you are watchful. And what you say becomes more important or significant. Uh, and that's how you will be when you've discovered this, this treasure and you've hidden it inside. You will, the first thing you'll see is he'll become very careful, cautious. Uh, he covers this in his heart and he pays a great price. He begins to pay a price. I say, thank you, Lord. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned in my body. Uh, and so we value uh, what we have, and it, we keep it inside. And so sometimes uh, when you're praying, you keep it in secret. You don't tell anybody else about about certain things. Uh, you proclaim the not existent as existent, and you do this with the Lord. You you in your in your fellowship with the Lord. But when you say this with uh, to other people, for example, this is a very different thing. 
These are things, again, we need to be proclaiming or saying only via prayer, uh, using prayer and between you and God directly. And again, a person begins to be careful what he says. He's cautious as what to what he says. Sixth, the good of the virtuous wife is her ability to plant a vineyard from her prophets. And we know that a vineyard is the wine that brings joy to the heart and that's it's that upright joy that we experience during our manifestation and manifestations and when to have this the right to this oil of gladness as she plants her vineyard it says to plant a vineyard is to love righteousness and hate lawlessness the scriptures say about Jesus Christ that he loved righteousness and hated lawlessness that's why the Lord anointed him with the oil of gladness more than his companions why did he anoint him with the oil of gladness because he had planted a vineyard of God what does it mean to plant a vineyard of God this means to love righteousness and hate lawlessness seventh the good of the virtuous wife is her ability to gird herself with strength and she strengthens her arms this is to renew your mind to be vigilant in prayer she's not just girding herself uh, uh, the loins of her mind but also strengthens her arms you gird yourself so you can strengthen your arms and to strengthen your arms so you can be vigilant in prayer It would be funny, of course, if somebody had put on their entire outfit for work, uh, took all his instruments, his hammer, everything he needs, and dresses for a very different uh, profession or for a different thing. We gird ourselves with the truth so we be vigilant in prayer for the correct purposes. If we know the truth and this truth we don't use so you be vigilant in prayer, then why do we need the truth? Just to show your knowledge before others, uh, to be, why, what do we need that for? We, we know that this is not correct. We gird the loins of our mind so we can strengthen our arms in prayer. To renew your mind is necessary, renewal of your mind is necessary so you be vigilant in prayer and confess the faith of your heart. And if a person doesn't want to, cannot pray, then he doesn't need to know the truth. There's no, there's no necessity for it. Eight, the good of the virtuous wife comes from the state of her heart in which she feels or discovers that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. This is an active uh, continuation in faith and trust upon God. She feels that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out at night we understand how a lamp goes out and how to, how it doesn't go out the unwise virgins if you remember their lamps began to go out began to dim why did they begin to go out because they did not have oil in their vessel how do you obtain oil in your vessel the oil in the ve vessel this is the word that you keep in the vessel. How do you keep the word? This is to keep carefully putting one truth and another truth, understanding that if the Lord 
has given it to us, then he will absolutely reveal it to us in the right time. Mary, from the day of Christ's birth, she had a lot of questions. And one of those questions she received immediately, how will this be when I do not know a man? And the angels, okay, he responded, the Lord said, okay, I will respond to this. But the others, you will see when the Son, Son of God is crucified, resurrected, and will come again. And so the scriptures say that when the shepherds uh, came and, and said the things that they heard from the, angel, the angels, the angels had come to them and, t- and told them, she, the scriptures say she put everything in her heart. And so do we have a vessel? This is determined by our ability to keep the word that we don't understand. How do you keep it? Carefully putting it in your heart and waiting for an explanation from God. If the Lord has asked a question, then He will absolutely give a response or will explain it in time to come. Ninth, the good of the virtuous wife is her stretching out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. It says she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. A distaff is a spinning wheel, usually a large spinning wheel. The spindle is a small hand spinning wheel with the help of which you can twist and wind wool thread. And so as the distaff and as the spindle, which is a hand device, uh, they pretty much would produce thread or make thread from uh, wool And then using this thread, they would make uh, material or garments. They would create different tunics uh, from that thread. It is necessary to understand these two instruments. The first is the distaff, a large uh, spinning wheel. And the second is the spindle. This is a a smaller, uh, it's a hand spinning wheel with which you can also create thread and wind it. In sermons, we heard from pastor that we need to have an inner and outer uh, layer uh, our garments. And so if you remember, our pastor also talked about how there was grinders. There usually was a larger grinder and a smaller grinder. And so the the larger was the uh, lower one, usually larger, it was immovable. This is our conscience cleanse from dead works that has received the elementary teaching of Christ. And the smaller grinder, when we add grain to it, and that continuously is circulating, uh, so that with out of our mouth praise can come uh, in the form of of flour. The small grinder collaborates with the bigger one. The same thing here, the distaff, the larger one, it will work when we have the spindle, the smaller uh, tool. And so the curtains of the tabernacle were made of fabric woven from a combination of wool thread and linen thread, as well as the veil separating the holy place from the holy of holies, the sacred tunic of the priests, and the breastplate of judgment. See where this 
spindle took place uh, or, or, or participated. It worked with both wool and with linen, two products that people used uh, with these tools. And all of the curtains of the tabernacle were made of these uh, were made of this wool and linen as well as the veil separating the holy place from the holy of holies the tunic of the priests and the breastplate of judgment therefore the virtuous wife in the form of an individual person dedicated to God as a priest represents a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices which are pleasant or acceptable to God in Jesus Christ wearing such garments by a person who is not dedicated as a priest was something categorically forbidden by the law Leviticus 19.19, you shall keep my statutes, you shall not let your livestock breed with another kind, you shall not sow your field with mixed seed, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. And in addition, Deuteronomy 22.9-11, you shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a garment of different sorts, such as wool and linen mixed together. Interesting places of scripture. To the priests, it was told to do all these things, and to the regular man, common man, they were not to do these things. According to the ordinance of the given statute, the priests, on the contrary, were required to breed their livestock, livestock with other kinds. And so the, uh, the others were not allowed. They were either to use ox or just donkeys. And, but in the case of a priest, they could use their body and their will, and they were able to use all of it to plow with an ox and a donkey together, to sow his vineyard with different kinds of seed, and wear garments of different sorts of both wool and linen they were required to. In scripture, hair growing from the body of man and wool growing from the, ba- from the body of a sheep symbolize the works of the flesh. However, shearing wool, the thread of which was then used to make the garment of the priest, will be testimony that the conscience of the given person is cleansed from dead works, and that this person has died for his nation, the house of his father, and for the corrupt desires of his soul. And according to the words of Christ, being dead to sin as a corpse has received the guarantee to rapture. Luke 17, 33-37. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. One loses, that means he will be shearing his sheep, he will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed, the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together, the one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field, the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Well, will this? Where will this happen? Where the there will be uh, a dead body, and if the thread or thread of wool is the gar- in the garments of the priest, so the thread of wool in the garment of a priest testify that his conscience is cleansed from dead works. Then the inclusion of the threads of linen in the garments of the priest testify of righteousness received in the resurrection of Christ, which was the result of his death. Romans four thirteen through twenty five. 
For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. That was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our, our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Therefore the symbol of linen, the seed of which was was sown in a good soil of the human heart, which has died so that it can produce fruit, from the fibers of which they produce threads for, for linen fabrics, represents within the holy garments of the priest the death and resurrection of Christ, or that the given person has died to sin and lives for God. Exodus 28, 1-8 Now take Aaron your brother and his sons with him, from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments, to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. They shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen, artistically worked. It's not possible to mix wool with linen, but in this case, only, only when the Holy Spirit is partaking in this participating. It shall also, it shall have two shoulder straps joined at its two edges, and so it shall be joined together, and the intricately woven band of the ephod which is on it shall be of the same workmanship made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. For the regular Israelites, they said you cannot mix these regular threads with fine uh, woven linen, but for the priests, it was a requirement. Exodus 28.15, you shall make the breastplate of judgment artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. You shall make it of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and also fine woven linen. You shall make it. Here, wool and linen also are mixed. And if the sacred garments of the priest made of both wool and linen threads symbolize the new person who carries within himself the power of the resurrection of Christ and clothe the body of the priest, the tabernacle made of curtains of wool and linen symbolize our body adopted by the redemption of Jesus Christ. What in our body, again the combination of both wool and linen, this is a priest, he needs to be clothed into it and our priest is our new person, our spirit, uh, he's our priest and the tabernacle, our body needs to be clothed with this adoption by the redemption of Christ. Exodus 26, 1-2 Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle your body with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread with artistic designs of cherubim. You shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be twenty-eight cubits. 
and the width of each curtain four cubits, and every one of the curtains shall have the same measurement. The ten curtains demonstrated within our body the holiness of the Most High in the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ, presented in the measurements of the length and width of each curtain, the measurement of which stood guard of the holiness of the Most High. Any number in Scripture divided by seven without a remainder is a symbol of the fullness of Christ within the body of man, making him an organic part of the bride of the Lamb. In the given situation, 28 divided by 7 equals 4, is a symbol of the four base teachings, each of which contains a triality. And so the covering needs to be 28 cubits long and the width 4. And so 28 and uh, the 4 we see here, it's 7. So all these numbers, they symbolize the fullness of Christ within the body of man. The curtain or veil of the temple separating the holy place from the holy of holies and serving as a path to the sphere of the unapproachable light in which the Lord desires to dwell was made of wool and linen threads and hung on four pillars made of acacia represents the holiness of the Most High within the body of man guarded by cherubim supported by four golden pillars. Exodus 26, 31-33 You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold up upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there. Behind the veil, the veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. Exodus 26, 31 through 33. The veil of the temple made of wool and linen threads within our body, making a way into the holy of holies, is a symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ, giving us boldness to enter into the holy place by the new and living way, which he has once again opened to us by the means of the veil, which is his body. Hebrews 10, 19-23 Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10, 19-23 and so every time we turn to our soul to move it from the state of discouragement to trust upon God, we move it from the state of discouragement into trust upon God. We provide the messengers of the king of Tyre the ability to build our body into an enduring house. And so what have we become familiar with here? What the, ve uh, the veil was made of, what the garments of the priest were made of, and what the curtains of the tabernacle were made of. They were made of two types of uh, two types of threads and they were mixed together. This was wool and linen. And the curtain is we, that the Lord wants us to be in His presence, uh, come into His presence with boldness but without first showing the Lord that I have wool, I've died for my nation, the house of my father, and for my corrupt desires. 
very important, and I thank you for your resurrection, the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, in my spirit, my soul, and my body. This boldness shows the presence of both wool and linen, death and resurrection, and this veil, as we know, uh, leads us into the holiest of holiest of places, and our body needs to be covered with this kinds of garment to be able to be a priest. Tenth, the good of the virtuous wife is her extending, <clears throat> extending her hand to the poor, and her reaching out her hands to the needy, as it is written. She extends her hand to the poor, yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. The poor and needy within our body is our soul. What soul? Not the one that has self-pity, but the one that we have lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and reobtained in His resurrection. Because of this, the pillar and trust of our soul is only the Lord Himself. However, our soul itself, even in such a privileged position, is not able to help itself to quench its hunger and thirst in, in, in the individual fellowship she has with God. It needs someone in the form of the virtuous wife who would be able to extend her hand to help to quench her hunger and thirst in God. And as we already know, this someone is our new person and the power of which is the steering wheel or rudder of our soul. This is the rod of our mouth. Here's how David did this, Psalm 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope is hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. These words, what do they do? A hand is outstretched, uh, a helping hand, so that the soul not be uh, disquieted, not be cast down. But for this, the Spirit needs to utilize our mouth. The Spirit cannot help our soul without our body, the participation of our body. He places this word in our body and we confess with our mouth. And by confessing, we begin to lift ourselves up in in the resurrection of Christ. This phrase is repeated twice, the first time in the prayer contained in the 42nd Psalm and the second time in the prayer contained in the 43rd Psalm, which indicates special significance of the given principle in our relationship with our soul. Every time we turn to our soul to lead it out from the state of discouragement and into trust upon God, we provide the messenger of the king of Tyre with the ability to build our body into an enduring house. And not just our spirit helping our soul, but our soul also helping our spirit. When your brother becomes poor, then you don't behave with him as a servant. You behave with him as one who has come from the street or someone that you can help and we know that pastors talked about this the brother that will sell himself uh, to us because he will be completely poor he'll be completely impoverished and this is the spirit and the soul will need to stretch out its hand to the spirit that is confessed with a gentle mouth the faith of your heart and treat the spirit as a servant, a very important uh, component. Our, our soul, a lot depends on our soul, and the Lord will absolutely bring our spirit, the spirit that was strong, that was uh, firm, was strong, 
was stable that you, you can trust upon, rely upon, it'll come to such a state where it will be sold to us. And how will we treat him when he is in such a state? Will we begin to mock him at a moment like that? Will we he will we be ne negligent toward him? And in independence of how we treat our spirit, because the Lord will return his strength to him. Uh, how do we use these precious moments? Moments where we can help our spirit, to support our spirit. We're talking about the virtuous wife. Do we not forget? Eleventh, the good of the virtuous wife <clears throat> is that she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet, in the original a double-layered gar double garment. As it is written, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. The identification of a family is the relationship of a man and a woman who are are in a mutual covenant of a marital union and their children that are born in this union, a family. She is not afraid of of snow for her household, it says. Her household, family, the household, this is... And so the household, including again the man and the woman and the children, And so when we're talking about the, the family, we're talking about the many children that may be there and present in the family, and also that this is uh, possible because of the seed. The seed is not given just for self, uh, uh, to do whatever you pretty much you may please to do, but uh, the seed is given, of course, so that there be fruit, you can produce fruit, the children. And so there's a, a goal on Earth that, that there are people trying to uh, reduce the populations on the planet, but actually uh, the blessing the Lord has given to have these children, that's to increase the populations. And so if there's a seed, then the seed of the, uh, is given to be able to have a family. Considering that in this proverb <clears throat> is referring to the relationship contained in a marital union, a person with Christ, our children <clears throat> are the promised promises of God identif identified as the fruit of our spirit. The symbol of snow is the second death brought about by governing sin within our body, uh, within the body of man, as it is written James 1, 12 through 15. 
Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which is the Lord, <clears throat> which, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The symbol of a double-layered garment <clears throat> is justification, the undergarment made of linen and righteous, uh, again, a double-layered garment, justification, the under undergarment made of linen and righteousness, the outer tunic made of wool and linen combined, presented within our body as governing grace or grace that rules. And so the inner garment, that is the, uh, what the Lord has done and his earnings, nothing that I have earned, but what the Lord has earned. The outer tunic is a price that we need to pay. We need to cast off something and we need to clothe ourselves into something. And so the outer tunic made of wool and linen presented within our body, again, as governing grace or grace that rules to keep us from the snow which is the second death, this eternal separation from God. And this is governing grace. Governing grace uh, is through righteousness. And how do you rule through righteousness? This governments. I need to have uh, righteousness that is having this inner tunic justification and the outer tunic righteousness. The 24 elders and four living creatures, what did they do? The first thing they did was remove their crowns and bow before the Lord and say, thank you that uh, you have made us kings and priests, uh, and they glorify. They begin to look to the root, and we thank him for the justification they have. And then he, they say, you have made us kings and priests, so we can rule on earth, and we'll rule for a thousand years. And so they had linen and wool uh, that they presented within their words. And so this is people who is graced, reigns through righteousness. Romans 5.18-21 through 21, Therefore, as though one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so though one man's righteous act, the, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's disobedience, one, by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Every time we look at the promises of God received into our heart, which contains the grace of God, which res- rules through righteousness within our body, we provide the messengers of the King of Tyre with the ability to build our body into an enduring house. Twelfth, the good of the virtuous wife is that she makes tapestry for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. As it is written, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Purple is a color is, is a color added. A bright red, uh, maybe combined with blue, making this purple color uh, added to, to different types of, of materials. In Hebrew, the word tapestry means a covering protecting a person from the wrath of God. Psalm 91, 1-2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him 
I will trust. This is the tapestry or the rugs that she made. Garments made of fine linen together with purple wool is the righteousness of the saints making itself known in obedience to the preached word of truth spoken by a person clothed into the authority of a father of God. Songs of Solomon 7.5.6 Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel and the hair of your head is like purple. A king is held captive by your tresses. How fair and how pleasant you are, O love, with your delights. And so her beauty is that her hair was not just as regular hair, but as purple. Purple is a, again, was this uh, color that they would use, a pigment type of color that they would use to add to garments, was often uh, derived from from mollusks. there are those mollusks that have pearls in them, and there are other types of mollusks that have within themselves this color uh, purple, and they would use this as a pigment. And so it had this uh, bright red and also deep uh, uh, blue colors, which would make a purple. And so, and so the, the Phoenicians uh, lived in a place actually that was called of of great purple. Uh, because they would derive these these um, this color from these mollusks, and they would color the material, and it was such a strong uh, pigment that they would add. It was so it was so uh, good that you could wash and rewash and rewash the the clothing or materials, and it wouldn't wouldn't uh, fade out or wash out. And so without the Phoenicians, without a renewed mind, we won't be able to get to anywhere. And so a person who acknowledges the authority of the anointed word over himself, spoken by the messenger of God, will be clothed into the glory of the anointed word, which will be great joy and gladness for his body. Esther 8.15 So Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, with a great crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple, and the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. We need to be clothed into this purple and in our city, Shushan, in our body, all of our essence, we will have great joy and gladness. In the church there will be great joy and gladness when when these this hair will be in the form of purple that the most uh, the the, the the beloved one, her the king is the king is held captive by her by this quality of of hers that her head is like purple. It says in the symbol of Mordecai as well. We see that here, where how he was dressed in purple clothing made of linen and purple wool is the righteousness of saints, making making itself known in obedience to the word of truth spoken by a person clothed into the authority of a father of God. Such clothing will become his palanquin and sitting place upon which the angels of God will carry him so that he does not strike his foot against the stone. See where else we find purple. Songs of Solomon 3, 9, 10. Of the wood of Lebanon, Solomon, the king, made himself a palanquin. He made its pillars of silver, its support of gold, its seat of purple, its interior paved with love by the daughters of Jerusalem. 
and another place of scripture, Psalm 91, 11 through 16, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In your hands they shall bear you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With the long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so this is how... So we need to have this uh, combination of, of purple and the tapestry that she creates. The, these are these rugs that she makes. Every time we acknowledge a person over ourselves, a messenger of God, this needs to not be re just represented in our hair uh, as purple. As we know, hair itself as a covering symbolizes uh, acknowledging over yourself God's authority, but in the form of purple. <clears throat> Mordecai, he was not just clothed in linen, but also in purple, that all of the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Our learning and following the messenger of God needs to not inflict any pain on others. When I say I acknowledge the authority of a person over myself, if my acknowledgement makes, dis uh, uh, makes others uncomfortable, I need to de uh, determine if I have this purple on my head in my and in my clothing. Purple is in the city of Shushan. They shall be rejoicing and will be glad about the Lord God. So that we can be joyful and glad with the saints, with the members, that we not control one another and that we have joy, eternal joy, in our hearts, and that we in no way utilize that covering that we have on our head to specifically control other people and understand that God carries responsibility for his saints and he placed this responsibility upon his apostles, upon the leaders and others as well, and that we need to be uh, humble uh, and not claim for yourself other positions or roles that, that uh, God did not necessarily give you. And so people often will state such things, but actually there's a spirit of control that's inside of them. How do you determine if a person is controlling you or not? And this often you can determine if a person has a controlling spirit when a messenger of God corrects him and he's uncomfortable about it or is, is unliking of it or doesn't like it. If we have this purple upon our head, this covering upon our head, it needs to include God's joy. That my obedience to the preached word needs to bring people comfort and not some other... Uh, the Lord said I had come to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers he didn't claim uh, or try to bring attention to himself but he always tried to turn the attention of the people to Yahweh this means that he had this hair he had this purple and 
the king is captivated by this. And so this is not just the helpers of pastor or leaders of the groups, but this includes every one of us that our learning would be able to draw souls and not push them away. And our service is to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And so you may ask, well, what kind of service do you have? I, I have the service of helping the father. And so we have, again, this hair that uh, with the purple, and so this is the joy, acknowledging over yourself, and this is with joy. And this is uh, not to bring harm to yourself or others. Let us, let us now pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our strength. You are our rock. You are our fortress, our deliverer, a rock upon whom we trust. You are our shield and the horn of our salvation and our stronghold. We, Lord, we can come to you, we can run to you and cover in you. Lord, you have allowed us today again to be rooted in in your love with your saints so we may know in this service your length your width your depth and your height and know the love of the lord so we may be filled with all the fullness of of the lord thank you for the privilege we have upon this place to be filled with your fullness <clears throat> when we lift up within the temple of our body your word above all your names as you magnify them we thank you that we have today the right to turn to you as our Father, the one that lives in heaven. And we do this because of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you have redeemed us from all tribes, languages, people, and have made us kings and priests to God. And we will rule together with Christ here on earth. We thank you that you have allowed us to be rooted and established in your church which has become a stronghold for us. We thank you that you have allowed us to find this virtuous wife in the form of the narrow gate and that you have allowed us to enter through this narrow gate and walk the narrow path. The path upon which there is no suspicion, accusation, offenses, temptations, upon which is the truth of the liberty of Christ that will reflect itself in discipline, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty and fear and being humble before, be humble and tremble before your holy word. Thank you for the great liberty of Christ, for the great discipline in which we are in. We thank you that you have made us strong and has made our bow strong in our hands and that today we can confess the faith of our heart. You have allowed us 
today to cast down the strongholds of the old man within our body and deprive him of his position when we have stretched out our hand to the needy and the poor we thank you that we can stretch out our hand to the needy to our soul and our spirit if it is in a broken state we can stretch out our hand for help as a form of help to our neighbor as a form of comfort if the Lord has given us placed us also in a position for correction so we not perish I pray that you continue to lead us by your word and we pray that the word that we hear that it that it, it is the true word so that it could circumcise the uncircumcised so that you can tend us and keep us from this snow from the second death which is an eternal separation from you allow us to be warmed by that righteousness that justification that you have given to us in your son Jesus Christ we thank you Lord for the great victory of your son Jesus Christ and allow us today that your grace would so that it be enthroned and rule within our body through righteousness and for this you said it is necessary to unite the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and then the resurrection within our body have both both in our body and our soul we thank you Lord for your salvation the salvation of our spirit for the salvation of our mortal body, body uh, of, of our mortal soul and the adoption of our mortal body we thank you that your life and resurrection the life and resurrection of Christ that it would be able to spread out throughout all of our body we thank you that you have given us as a loan and we receive the salvation from you if you forgive us our sins then when you gave us your holiness in your salvation and if we will neglect it then you will not be able to forgive us this debt you don't have the right to return to you what we received from you we need to return to you already with profit we need to return it in the form of grace that has been has that rules within our body through righteousness demonstrated in the fruit of our spirit we pray father may your name be blessed as we produce the fruits of our spirit and may our father in heaven be blessed with this fruit that we produce we thank you father that you hear us and we pray uh, that you hear us in the time of our difficulty and sorrow may the God of Jacob protect us may you remember all of the offerings that we've brought and may you may you make them well may the Lord give according to the will of our heart and may he fulfill the desires of our heart that correspond to your will to your word and the needs that we have we have known Lord that you save your saints and you save your anointed one you respond from your holy heavens and so we thank you for that truth 
and for the word that we hear. And today we stretch out this hand in this prayer to all your saints who are in need and whose bodies are in need of your godly touch. You said within your word that the path of the righteous is like a shining light that becomes brighter and brighter till the fullness of day. And we pray for all of those who today revere before your name. May the sun of righteousness rise and healing for their bodies may be in its rays. May your healing fill your people because of the sun of righteousness. May the body of your saints be filled with your godly spring, with your godly resurrection, with your godly restoration. And we pray, Lord, we turn our wrath against all of our enemies, your enemies. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you pour out all your wrath and indignation upon our enemy, the old man, upon our illnesses and our weaknesses, upon our fears and depression, all destruction, so that you pour out your indignation upon our dependences, upon our errors and ignorance. We pray, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, all of this, may it depart from the tents of your holy nation. We pray, Father, for the word that we have heard. We clothe ourselves into your godly power, into your godly purple, and we pray that our service and the service of every individual person be as something that's intricately knit together so that every one of our forms of service would be to unite the church, to make it one. And for this, allow us to thank you for the order in which we are in. Allow us to submit ourselves to this order and to be within this godly order, to humble ourselves before you and to praise you with our gentle and meek mouth. We pray of your mercy in the coming services. We wait for your revelations. We wait, Lord, for the work of your godly power in the souls of your saints and the bodies of your saints and we pray that your saints would be successful as can is by your will thank you for these virtues the virtues of the virtuous wife so that we read and we study them so that these qualities characteristics would be ours may your name be blessed our great god son and holy spirit amen our father in heaven hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. 
Amen. Let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.